Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we're on episode 13. Uh, Thanks for everybody sticking with us while we were not putting stuff out regularly, Um, but we're getting back to the normal schedule. However, you might notice a breathing addition to our podcast. That's our newborn son. Uh, So Cole is now the third host of the podcast because all he wants to do is lay in our arms. In addition to that, we also have the dogs and stuff like that. So Because there's no such thing as being professional in our house, apparently. The professionalism has really fallen off, so I am going to try to edit them out. But if you hear something breathing, it's not a ghost or a demon. It's... Or us. Or us. We're not mouth breathers. It's Cole. Anyway, Rachel has our weird fact of the week. Okay. The weird fact of the week is that there was a bear that fought in the Polish army in World War II. Um, They taught him how to carry shells to the front line and also to salute, which makes me really... Happy that they thought not only is it important that he has a job, he also needs to learn to salute like all the rest of us. Yep. That's very important. It's pretty adorable. It's adorable. So Google up pictures of this bear because it's pretty awesome. He's precious. He is very precious. Um, And yeah, I would love to serve next to a bear. I think that'd be cool. Am I going first? Sure. Okay. So, oh, previews first. So this week, I am going to be talking about the Long Island serial killer, which is a serial killer that is, you know, creepy and gross and awful, like all the rest of those. Yep. And I'm going to be talking about the Vietnamese rock apes, which if you haven't heard about that, it's totally cool because I hadn't many times and I don't think Rachel, you have. You hadn't many times. What does that mean? You like haven't heard not, of them many times? Yeah, like it's not that popular. <laughs> it's a weird way well, to put like, that. I've heard of Bigfoot many times. <laughs> I'm gonna let you have it, but it sounded stupid. Have you, have you heard of it? I'm married to you. Other than so, yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, but in my normal life, no. So the Vietnamese rock apes are essentially their version of Bigfoot. They are the known as the Batutut, but Batutut or Ujit or Ngoi Rung, sometimes also known as forest people. Um, they. <laughs> All I hear is cold snorting in my mm-hmm. right ear. Um, but anyway, so they are reputedly similar to Bigfoot and thought to inhib- inhabit the Vukong Nature Reserve and other wilderness areas in Vietnam, Laos and northern Borneo. The Vukong region uh, has been the source of a number of newly discovered mammals by one Dr. John McKinnon. Uh, and McKinnon claims to have found his first observed tracts in 1970, which led him to believe that there was a hominid similar to the Manganthropus, uh, which lives there. So have you heard of the Manganthropus? Nope. Neither had I. There's also a Gigantanthropus or whatever. <laughs> and apparently these are massive hominids that are like, uh, they're not around anymore. But the Manganthropus is like about the size of a giant gorilla. Um, and fossils of these do exist. And then the Gigantanthropus or whatever is about twice the size of our biggest gorilla. So 10 foot tall. Wow. And 1300 pounds. Um, and so that, you know, the postulation is maybe these things are still alive or at least a cousin. Right. Okay. Um, so... Obviously, like I said, it's Vietnamese Bigfoot. That's the that's the cool part. Um, they have a rich tradition of uh, 
bipedal and hairy ape-like creatures, um, which, like I said, have numerous names. And these particular ones are only about six feet tall. Um, they're stout and really muscular, and they have like protruding stomachs. <laughs> so, like, they're particular looking, though. Is the point? They, they, yeah, they're not. That's a very specific. Right. It's very thing, specific. Yeah. They are. We. They have hair ranging from brown to black and even reddish, and they don't have. Um, hair on their knees, the soles of their feet, their hands, their face, um, and parts of their little protruding belly. So those are all bare. And almost every account follows suit with that, right? So the reason why this is actually a cool monster, or like the reason why it's entered American like pop culture is because in the Vietnam, Vietnam War, a bunch of soldiers witnessed these things. So not only is it, um, the local lore, but then like our own soldiers witnessed and even fought these things, apparently. <laughs> yeah, they fought them. So let's get into some of those stories. Um, one of the main accounts that you'll find is a six man unit from the 101st Airborne Division who were taking a break from walking through the forest. And um, they thought that they were pretty deep in enemy territory, so they were on high alert. And some trees located about 15 yards uphill from them uh, reportedly began shaking violently violently. Um, and they just assumed it was the enemy. So, uh, they all trained their weapons on that until like an oblong head with a face covered in reddish hair and possessing a huge mouth and dark, deep set of eyes emerged from the brush as a five foot tall, muscular framed, uh, reddish hair thing. Um, it stood on two, two legs and like stared at the guys. So immediately these soldiers, um, thought dang that's a large orangutan this is like is what was said yeah right and then then everyone was like but orangutans aren't here like we've never seen one they don't belong here they're not here right yeah as they're arguing about whether or not this thing's an orangutan it takes off right okay um so that was one of the first one uh encounters and then in 1968 uh in a soldier's or maybe not a soldier he they just call him a jungle uh jungle man (laughs) <laughs> anyway, Robert a Bear. Jungle man. <laughs> I would like that to be my title. Um, anyway, uh, no, yeah, he was a soldier. So he uh, he was a jungle man soldier. He his name's Robert Baird. And in his diary, it says that his unit uh, began hearing in- inexplicable noises along the outer perimeter of their camp and a Mexican-American corporal. I think the only reason why they put that in there is because his nickname was Poncho. So they wanted to <laughs> like, don't worry, it's not that offensive. Yeah. Like he's actually from he's Mexican, even though it is offensive. Nicknamed himself Poncho. We hope it was himself. <laughs> anyway, he took it upon himself to go out. And, oh, speaking of which, I knew a Poncho. Great guy. A class. Fun facts. Yeah. Really good dude. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Poncho took it upon himself to go out and investigate. Sounds like something Poncho would do. Uh, and then the corporal was on his way back. Uh, when he was on his way back from like this hill on the outer perimeter of the camp, uh, he was witnessed freaking the F out and shooting his weapon uh, into nowhere. So obviously it's kind of a big deal uh, before he even made it back to the group. Uh, people were already on the radio demanding what was going on. Yeah. And uh, Poncho said that he noticed a bush that was not there when he would had walked up. Right. So it kind of freaked him out. Uh, he leaned down to take a look and then it snorted at him. So he <laughs> freaked, freaked out and tried to shoot <laughs> Nightmare. it. Nightmare. Yeah. Um, and this is a uh, Baird is quoted as saying what he encountered was the ubiquitous, ubiquitous rock ape of Vietnam. Hence the name. And then he said, quote, I would come to learn that they were nearly everywhere and quite fearless. This is what we had heard near the wire that night. 
another story was in 1969, a patrol was caught off guard by enemy fire, um, after which everyone took cover. So while these two guys were taking cover, uh, they finally worked up the courage to start shooting back because it was one of their first actions. Um, and they expected to see a whole bunch of enemies because of the amount of fire that was going on. But uh, when they looked, they just saw a couple like ghostly figures and a figure broke out of the thick vegetation. It was seven feet in height, impressively built and mostly colored with reddish hair. Again, Uh, it moved extremely quickly, but then it was caught by crossfire and stumbled, but didn't go down. Um, And the enemy, uh, the enemy that they were fighting, because like the shooting really was brought off by something. Yeah. Uh, They said that they heard the, the enemy soldiers yelling something to each other. And then, uh, that the people didn't understand. And then they ran off. And one of the enemy soldiers was so scared of this creature that they actually dropped their weapon. So they thought that was interesting. Wow. Um, and then that night, uh, their camp had a, a barrage of strange animalistic noises um, that sounded like whines, barks, howls, and grunts. Um, so the, some of the patrol requested permission to go investigate what had been going on. Um, to see if they could find what they shot. Mm -hmm. Um, And they came across an enemy soldier that had seemed to be viciously torn apart. Oh, my gosh. And the patrol was so disturbed by the sight of this that they ran back to their base by the hill. And one of the witnesses would later say, the rest of the time we were in Vietnam, I never heard the sounds or saw anything like that again. The talk of what we had seen spread very quickly. And some of the locals called it a name that I remember neither... I could pronounce or remember, but the translation, if I recall, was stench monkey or foul monkey, <laughs> something like that. I can't remember for sure. What I do know is that it bothered me so much that I transferred from there to a job on a helicopter so I wouldn't have to be in the jungle anymore. <laughs> I can't say I blame him. <laughs> right. So another story was from Michael Kelly of D Company, 1st, 502nd Infantry of the 101st Airborne Division. I I don't know. This is kind of abbreviated. That's my bad. Um, But he describes not one rocket, but hundreds of them. So in 1969, uh, eight of the strange creatures came casually walking up a trail on a ridge. Immediately, all the soldiers thought that they were the Viet Cong and, quote, all hell broke loose. (laughs) So what they saw, uh, again, they were expecting a bunch of like enemies to be firing on them because they did think they were Viet Cong. Uh-huh. Uh, but what they insta- saw instead was the pr- platoon firing away at like ghostly images. They were moving around so quickly. Uh, they were swooshing through bushes and swooshing through bushes and trees all around them. So the ape-like beast reportedly made sounds uh, that sounded like dogs barking. So that's the second time that uh, was said. And then the creatures, whatever they were, abruptly melted away into the forest and disappeared as if they had never they had never been there at all. So when the surprise platoon regained their composure, they searched the bullet riddled gun smoke permeated area and found no sign of any dead bodies of the animals and oddly not even fur or blood. And Kelly would remark on the surreal scene, quote, this may sound very strange to you, but although I had no or little concern about killing the enemy, the killing of innocent animals turned my stomach and could enrage me if done without being a necessity. But I searched the site and found not a drop of blood, which totally amazed me given me the amount of firing that had been go- going on. I wonder to this day if the men were shooting just to scare the rock apes away or whether they were actually just poor marksmen. The men who suffered the surprise look a bit... The men who'd suffered the surprise oh looked a bit worse for wear um and i'm sure a few of them had to wash their shorts out as a result (laughs) of the unwelcome visit it really scared the crap out of them i kid you not 
So they were just a bunch of stormtroopers. Right. That's why they missed. They missed. Yeah. Um, in 1966, a highly strategic location known as Hill 868 um, was being guarded by Marines and Marines operating in the area called their captain to report movement in the brush, which they believed to be a large force of Viet Cong headed their way. And they were ordered to stay in place and no one was to fire in order to not give away their position. Um then they radioed in that it wasn't Viet Cong after all, but rather a large group of hairy bipedal humanoids, right? Mm-hmm. Bunch of apes. Um, and they were ordered, do not fire still, but you can throw rocks to scare them away, right? <laughs> so, well, that's nice. At least they're trying to keep them safe. Yeah. Well, the rock apes began hurling rocks back. Oh, no. <laughs> with, oh, no. Backfired. With great force because apparently <laughs> they're very strong. And all the while, screeching and growling all around them in the jungle. And they estimated there were hundreds of them hurling oh my rocks back. So it was a like big a man, mistake. you pissed them off. Right. So, again, uh, they were told not to shoot, but they could engage them with bayonets. Uh, shortly after... After the captain on the radio could hear screeching and screams of pain from both Marines and apes. Um, and oh, sad. Yeah, I know. And then there was a frantic me- message of, quote, we're going hand to hand. And then shortly after that, the hill erupted in a roar of gunfire, a bunch of screams and screeching. And then the captain sent men to go investigate. The war-torn area was found to be littered with injured men, as well as allegedly bloodied bodies of several of these rock apes. Uh, No Marines died, but several were seriously injured and even had to be evacuated by the helicopter. The battle became so infamously known um, as the Battle of Dong Den. Um, You can Google this. There's not like a bunch of like official stuff, but there are a lot of spinoff stories from this, which is something we'll talk about. Um, But it was something apparently well known by the soldiers out there, the Battle of Dong Den. Um, So... Hill 868 became known among the men as being so infested with the rock apes that they called it Monkey Mountain during their time out there. And in 1968, members of Mike Company and the 3rd Battalion of the 5th Marines operating on this hill apparently often came across plentiful physical evidence of the creatures there, such as droppings, tufts of hair, footprints, um, and hearing their eerie barks and cries at night. Uh, The rock apes even... Occasionally assaulted them with rocks. <laughs> um, and uh, is that why they're called the rock apes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they like to throw <laughs> like rocks. rocks. That's like <laughs> their most effective. They're just chucking rocks, man. It's a really creative name. It is. Um, some apes that really enjoy throwing rocks. What should we call them? <laughs> rock ape. So one time they noticed a rock ape glaring at them, uh, completely unafraid. And after a few moments of staring at the soldiers, the creature was said to let out a sound, a sound like the bark of a dog. Uh, one of the men again, threw a rock to scare it away Mistake. and hit it dead on. And the ape picked up the ro- a rock of its own, hurled it back. So, um, <laughs> and then he called his buddies over. There were 20 of them, which, uh, all began screeching and howling and throwing rocks at frightened men in unison. Um, and despite the threatening situation, the unit did not open fire and said they made a hasty retreat. Uh, when asked later why they did not shoot at the creatures, Canyon, uh, one of the men that witnessed this said, I don't know, didn't seem right, but those apes started to come at us and we ran as fast as we could. And we didn't stop till we were out of the jungle. Oh, I'll go him. Yeah. Good guy. <laughs> I mean, so, I don't know. I don't know if I would be that good if a giant oh no, I'd ape shoot. was yeah, throwing rocks at me. 100%. But I like to believe I would. All right. And so then the last uh, recorded event was uh, it occurred at a strategic mil- artillery summit on the west end of the DMZ called the Rock Pile. Um, mm-hmm. And one evening sometime in 1967, 
Marines from the 4th Marine Regiment were assaulted by a large number of rock apes, which were set to inhabit the caves in the area. The Marines fought back in a prolonged burst of firepower, which lit up the night. And in the morning, there were allegedly corpses of the ape-like creatures strewn about. Um, And they were... The corpses were included in a sit-rep briefing body count. So this incident sounds very much like the uh, Dong Hill battle or whatever. Mm -hmm. Dong Den battle. Yeah. yeah, and uh, which also claimed to have bodies and the dead beasts. Uh, it's unclear what happened to any of these bodies in the aftermath. In addition to the bodies, there have been live uh, rock apes allegedly captured, with one notable report being that two of the creatures were caught by tribesmen near Dok Lok province in 1971. So that is all the stories. And the reason why I kind of just rattled them off is because they were all so similar. Right, um, but yeah. there were just a couple... Very critical differences. So there's a couple things to this. One, I think there has to be something to it. There's rock apes. Yeah, well, there's that. There's no way there's not rock apes. This is way too legit. Yeah. The other part of it is, though, uh, anybody that's been in a group like the military or any kind of just group of people, Mm -hmm. like this thing could totally take a life of its own. So that's why I think true. So many of the stories are so similar. Right. Um, because it was if you heard other things. Right. Then, yeah. I think there was a lot of I heard this and I wanted to tell my story. So right. I, instead of it being this guy, it was this guy. And now all of a sudden you have two stories or like they barked like because the other guy heard them bark, even though that may have not been right. What happened or, or whatever. It was a wild dog like a or whatever. And it became a rocket. All of a sudden, right? I don't know. Wild dogs don't really throw rocks at you. Not normally. That's true. But anyway, actually, but there is something that would. So it has been postulated that it was the Tonkin snub-nosed monkey or the doll man snub-nosed monkey, um, which actually, if you Google this, you'll recognize this monkey. It's like a white monkey. It's associated with Asia, um, but there's not a lot of them left, but it is Vietnam's largest native primate species and also highly endangered. Um, actually, it's critically endangered and there's there's thought to be only like 250 of them left. Um, yeah, but they're found in southern China, Vietnam, parts of Myanmar, and they get their name from their uh, flat upturned noses. Um, they live in remote mountainous forests and groups can, groups of them used to comprise of about 600 uh, individuals apiece, which would make sense for that. Yeah. Um, and they can chuck stuff pretty good, too. So but how uh, big are they? That's a good question. So they're not that big. They're like two to three feet tall. OK. But again, it's one of those like big fish stories, you know, yeah, just gets true. bigger over time. Well, and also like, OK, if you were like this big, bad army guy. And you're out there and <laughs> you get you freaked go out up by against, something. Well, but you go up against a two foot monkey and it wins. Yeah. You're, you're not, not going to tell it's your friends that monkey. it was a two foot monkey. Well, there's like, not only that, um, but also the Tonkin snub nosed monkey is known to be highly territorial and known to show very little fear to humans, which is why they were decimated by hunters because they just be there. Right. Um, and they also can produce a wide range of vocalizations like barking and all this other stuff. Hmm. Now, the only things about that that's pretty solidly this might not be that at all is that none of the stories had a tail. Um, and these monkeys have a very distinguishable tail, like huge. And, okay. and it's also white. So like if they were to just embellish like we were just talking about, you would think it would still include the tail. It would, or it would still be white. Like, right. why would they just randomly say orange? Red. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then also, you know, the monkeys are sizably no, uh, is noticeably smaller. Um, so that again goes back to the thought that it's a potentially a different primate. Right. Yeah. My biggest thought is, can you imagine like you're out there 
fighting a war against one enemy and then all of a sudden you have two like on either side like as the vietnamese soldiers or as the american soldiers like either way when you're like oh we're bad, we're fighting each other's this all this gun all, like we're shooting each other and then all of a sudden these giant player three has entered the fight are, yeah but also they're like terrifying because they're not on a side right. they're not like i help you no, I they're, hurt they're on you. the they're, side they're on their own side they're on the rock ape side they're on the side of chucking rocks <laughs> right and they're about to start yeah yeah that's or it. you know like ripping people apart Exactly. Like that one guy. Right. Which and is I another think, reason why that couldn't... I mean, the little monkey... No, the no little monkey could. Cause they, a two-foot monkey could rip a man and... No, but there's like 20 of them and they could just like Oh, yeah, that's them. true. Oh, gosh. That's yeah. a terrible, terrible... Well, and even smaller, like... Visualize. Smaller, like primates can rip you in half. Like, they're very, very strong. But yeah, I mean, I think there's... Not only is there something to the story, I think it's... Uh, like you said, I think there's something to the fact that it's, uh, you know, the two sides. Like, I think that's really cool. Like that, uh, the Vietnamese would bring their own like lore to it. And if they came across it, they'd be like, oh my gosh, this is the thing that we've been talking about that. And then from the American point of view, I think it's like, it was already such a foreign landscape to these guys. And like, you know, if you, if you hear the Viet, uh, like Vietnam soldiers, like talk about the experience, it was, I mean, you couldn't see further than this office, you know, around you because the woods are so yeah, dense right. and death could be around any tree. So like, it would just add to that level of suspense. And so that's, oh, for another, sure. that's one of those things. That I just think this could have really taken off from both points of view, because that's the other right. thing too. Like they talked about, some of the Vietnamese soldiers talked about running into the rock apes as well. So, but then again, that also brings the other side of like the fact that two completely separate groups are talking about the same thing. Yeah. Then that brings more validity, more validity to the rock ape also, because it's not, Obviously, you're not conversing. You're right. not, you know, you're not talking and like you're not hearing from they're that, not corroborating so that their soldier on that side. Yeah. Like, no, you're on two separate sides. And when you are around each other, you're shooting each other. So exactly. you're not going to hear them say this and be like, oh, that's what I said, too. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah, there's no story corroboration there. So right. a couple things from the skeptical point of view. Um, the more you look into rock ape stories, the more you go to like sketchy not sites legitimate websites yeah right and so i think that's one thing that like when they say oh this battle of dong den right is referenced well it's referenced by a bunch of other weirdos not really referenced by anything else so it's just one of those things but like then again we have to like give a little bit of credit to the weirdos because most non-weirdos won't talk about that stuff or will not put it on there because it's like we have no proof of that why would i say that right the weirdos are the ones that will be like They'll yeah put it out i'll there. latch on to that right, right. so it well, is hard think, it's hard and, to find that and i think that's the thing like and that's why the quotes I think are pretty important because that's really at the end of the day, it's a 19, 20 year old dude who, you know, was out there and nobody really trusts him. But at the end of the day, if it's enough of them, you know what I mean? Right. It's like just the, one guy. The government's not going to make a big deal out of it. Scientists can't do anything with that. Right. Well, and there were like full on battles, which means there was m- many witnesses to that and many right. people like it wasn't just one guy up against a rock. And, and that's the part that I would think there would be more documentation of. Right. Because battles are, uh, you know, fairly heavily documented but they're not gonna they're not gonna document a battle between people and apes like that's not like we need to document all the all the soldiers that died first off no one died but also like that's not something they're gonna write down like it was like a normal battle right exactly so i think we're kind of caught right in the middle of who knows yeah i mean which again always like that's the territory we thrive in but i I think that at the end of the day there's got to be something to it and then did it also live a life of its own and take on more momentum yeah, I think so. I think that's it. But that's human nature, right? Like, I think just because one person sees Bigfoot, but then 30 people tell the story and it becomes a different story, never doesn't detract from the one person seeing Bigfoot. Right. Well, and it sucks that it kind of 
in the public eye does. It does. It, it always like, does. Because the thing yeah. is, like, can you imagine being like the 50th guy that went up in the mountains and saw Bigfoot and talking right. about it? And everyone's like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, you, what, you happen to go in the place where he says there's Bigfoot and you say you saw Bigfoot. And it's like, no, I actually saw Bigfoot. Like, that would, that sucks. Yeah. And I, but yeah. And I, I just still don't think it takes away from the validity. But at the same time, it does make it hard to prove. And, and that's the other part, too. And I really do think this one not since that time have we had western culture just traipsing through those jungles right um never before and never again so even if they're still out there yeah who, who how knows? are we gonna know two like i think you and, and the other part is even if it did exist there's no guarantee it still does right like um just like this other monkey that's on the brink of extinction you know like hell this war could have been an extinction event for this ape we don't know that's um, true. I don't know. Though. They were pretty quick. Not many seem to die. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so something really interesting, something that uh, I think should get more play. Like, I think that should be up there with Bigfoot. Well, especially with like, like I said, with like the big battles and things like that, that should be no one's ever had a battle with Bigfoot. Right. Or if they have, it was like one dude. It right. wasn't like a whole group of men yeah, together. Exactly. So that's a whole lot of proof right there. Right. To have that many people who say they all saw the same thing like poncho yeah poncho man he's yeah. terrified he can, you blame, can you imagine walking up to a bush and like huh that wasn't there before uh, <laughs> uh, i'd freak out i think yeah. i'd pee my pants exactly well like that one guy said a bunch of guys had to change their shorts um uh, motorcycle yeah but uh i think it's a cool story i think it's uh pretty fun to look into so i actually will uh throughout the week i'll post some like links about these stories and I'll see if I can find anything that seems more legit. Uh, but I didn't in my initial research, but I still think it's a cool story. All right. So now I am going to flip the script, I guess, away from cool monster things and into terrible, horrible stories about serial killers. Because for some reason we're all grossly obsessed with this stuff, or at least I am. RJ's not, but I am. Mm, I'm pretty not upset. on my level. No, not on that level. No. Anyways. Okay. The Long Island serial killer. Um, this whole thing started on May 1st, 2010, when a 24 year old woman, Shannon Gilbert, was reported missing by her mom. She was an escort, lady of the night, and um, was last seen. I don't think they appreciate being called ladies of the night anymore. I mean, I don't, I don't think any word is good. Man, if we have any escort listeners, geez. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I don't know the right terminology of what to say here. Escort. An escort. Okay. Lady of the night. <sighs> Killing it. Okay. Um. So she was last seen. Sorry. She was seen in Long Island area running from her driver instead of to her driver, Michael Pack, outside of a client's house. Okay. So, like, the driver was waiting outside the client's house. She had been in the client's house and was running away. Okay. Um, she was, then she was last seen banging on, on, a, on doors nearby, near this dude's house, and screaming for help before running off into the night. And then later that night, there was a panic 911 call where she was saying that someone was going to kill her. Okay. Flash forward into December 2010, a police officer and his dog were uh, doing just routine training exercises near an ocean parkway in Long Island and came upon the remains of a body that was in a burlap sack, like wrapped up in a burlap sack. 
Okay. And they found out it was Shannon. Okay. So they then they started to kind of search the area to see if they could find anything else. And about and three days later, they found three more bodies all in that same area. Uh, at this time, the police commissioner, Richard Dormer, said, quote, four bodies found in the same place pretty much speaks for itself. It's more than a coincidence. We could have a serial killer, unquote. And like, I don't know, unless that's just like all the buddies who kill their friends are like, hey, dude, you want a good place you to dump your spot? bodies? This is the place. This is it. So then in late March and early April 2011, four more bodies were discovered in a different area of the parkway. So within a couple miles of where that was. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, actually, because of the state of these bodies, like the state of decay that these bodies were in, the ones found in March and April, um, it was determined that they were killed much, much earlier than the ones found in December okay. with Shannon. But they were like batched. I'm going to talk about that. Okay. So um, at this time, they decided to open up a search of the entire county, just kind of started searching everywhere. And a set of partial human remains were found as well as a whole as a skull, which has led the police to be believe that there were 10 victims in total. So the first four found back in December, mm-hmm. along with Shannon, uh, were actually identified as missing sex workers. This is what they put, not me. So OK, yep. Can't, who, can't had be been, who had put ads on Craigslist. OK. They had also been wrapped in burlap sacks and all Shannon and them all. Sorry, everyone was strangled and found in burlap sacks. All of them. Every single one of them all killed the same way. Burlap sacks. So word of the wise, if you are an escort, don't go on Craigslist, man. There's way better ways to do that. Please just avoid Craigslist in general when it comes to personal things. How about let's just stay away. But if you want a laugh and I used to do this. You have to prepare for some nudity and it can be disturbing. Hey, but no, hold on. Go you, to the you might offend ads. people. Some people might be on those ads. Yeah, maybe. But maybe those are the ones I haven't laughed at. Just but. only go on the ones that don't say pick next to it. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, man, they can get pretty rich. You, you, the you things get, people ask for. Oh, in four minutes, you, you can go through an emotional roller coaster from complete desperation to like somebody like living the high life or what they determine is the high life all the way to, you know, working man. I mean, it's it's. It's it's a it's a ride for sure. I, call I it, honestly would would recommend to not do that. Yeah, it's the devil's timeline. For it's it's Twitter. pretty rough. Yeah, it's it's bad. So anyways, back to the horrible, sad things. Sorry. Um, So other remains found in March and April of 2011. There were two women, one man and a toddler. OK. All of them again strangled in, in separate sacks. Yes. OK. Everybody's in their own sack. And actually... Um, it is believed that one of the women was the mother of the toddler. Okay. Which makes sense. Yeah. The skull and partial set of remains were found actually later on April 11th. So after that, they were still found like near around the same time, but after that matters because it will have, it will come up later. Okay. So after looking at the bodies, they found that some of the partial remains Oh, this is why, um, they found on April 11th actually matched that of two legs that had been found in a garbage bag back in 1996. Whoa. Yeah. So t- if these if that murder, the body matches with this, then this guy could have been working all the way back in 1996. Jeez, yeah. Which these were found in 2011. That's crazy. Right. Five of the victims have still gone unidentified, including the toddler. So that's why it's believed that the toddler and one of the women is her mother. Or, right. I don't but know. Like not known. Girl, but yeah. they don't know. Um, the cops released sketches of some of the unidentified victims in hopes of finding out who they were, but 
I still haven't heard anything. On November 29th, it was released that the police believed all 10 murders were from one person. And that person definitely was from Long Island, which makes sense. Yeah. So in in other words, they guessed about as well as like a 12 year old would have given what. Right. Like, like I could say that. You're like a tiny ram. You just keep smacking it's my your gla- head. It's my glackies. I'm not used to wearing them and they're <laughs> in my way. Yeah, no, I could have easily said that. Like, that's what I, if someone was like, what All do you right. think about this killer? This that's what only, I would have said. Those are the only two things you could derive. Like anybody could derive from this. Yeah. So I wonder why he did it for 17 years. Huh? I wonder why he could do it for 17 years. fairly right. safe to do, I guess. An interesting point is the police actually retracted, uh, that statement and said that they actually believed Shannon's death was an accident. Oh. Saying she accidentally drowned by slipping into the swamp near the parkway, but she was strangled in a burlap sack. And ended up in a burlap sack. So I don't know how that worked out. I'm not... I tried to find more no, But they do separate, like, actual cause of death from, like, the ill intent afterwards. Oh, yeah, that's true. Maybe they thought it happened after. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Her mom did not agree and was very mad about it. I bet. Understandably. So... After all of this, they did whole, all this investigation. This was pretty much all they found. Um, by December of 2015, the FBI joined in the invest in on the investigation. Four years later, yeah, wow. right. And he'd been murdering for 19 Possibly. years. Possibly, yeah. yeah. So um, this is what they said about the identity of the killer. It's believed the killer is a white male in his mid 20s to mid 40s. And it's only because creepy dude with a bunch of sacks. It's got to be a white. All right, dude. Hold on. This is my very favorite part of this entire story. Very favorite. They believe he must be very familiar with the South Shore of Long Island and have access to burlap sacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't all have access to burlap well, sacks. Just like, way to look at the evidence, buddy. Good job. Like, but, yeah. Well, also, like, go on Amazon right now and type in burlap Get sacks. Some burlap sacks. You could literally buy like a hundred of them at one time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Once you again, mean this is what the so fourth you mean time. Everyone. This is the fourth time we've said cops might just suck. I just think we give them a lot more credit than they deserve. I th- or, or maybe it just it's just sh- a lot harder to yeah, solve stuff that, than that's we what think. I was about to say. I mean, it just shows maybe the amount of luck that it takes. But I mean, if all you got to do is just put some people in some burlap sacks, like murdering is a lot easier than I thought it was. Apparently. Huh. So if that's what's holding you back, get some burlap sacks. Amazon, low low price. <laughs> Okay, so here's the list of suspects. We'll be there in two days. Well, if possible suspects. Uh, the first one is James Burke. He was the uh, Suffolk County Police Chief, which I guess Suffolk County is in Long Island. Obviously. Anytime there's like no evidence, I think it's a cop. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, it has to. Like, I, right. How can there just be nothing? Right. right. So uh, this guy is just also like I, my favorite is not even it's not even that like. It's mostly he's just a total creep. Wait, so was he like a actual like charged suspect or like a fan favorite suspect? Well, no, like the police looked into him. Oh, OK. Um, these are all almost except for one. All of them are ones the, the cops actually looked into. Uh, he was known to like prostitutes. Was he a former police chief or like active during this? He was active for part of it and okay. then became former well, because of other things, not because of that. Because it was like a long stretch of time. Yeah, it was a really long time. Okay. Um, so yeah, he was known to like prostitutes and had a uh, quote unquote connection with Shannon Gilbert. Go ahead and fill that in how you want. Um, yeah, he filled it in regularly, I think. Okay. <laughs> also, it was revealed that he blocked a FBI probe in this case while he was chief. Yep, like I said. So when there's sketchy, no sketchy. freaking evidence, it's a cop. But they never found any concrete evidence against of him. Of course not. He got rid of it all. He's a cop. So fun fact. 
during this time, this is how he became the former police chief. Uh. He was sentenced to 46 months in jail for beating a man who stole a duffel bag filled with sex toys and porn from his car. <laughs> Maybe he's just a normal creep then, huh? Not a murderous creep. I don't know. If you're like, that's my that's my stuff. That's my sex toys and my porn. I need that. I'm gonna beat you. Give it back and just beat the crap out of him. Also, I feel like if I was a judge and they were like, but that's my stuff and that guy was stealing it. It's like, yeah, but your stuff was creepy. So. Oh, it's just sex toys and porn. That's Why is it in a duffel bag that, in the back of your car? Because he's and a creep. And it fills a duffel bag. That's that a lot of sex, lot toys, of sex and toys and porn. And porn. <laughs> but he liked prostitutes, also, so he had to bring it are you in. living in the... 80s? Why you got porn in your bag? I think he was living in the 80s. It's called a computer, man. Well, you know, some people, they like them sticky pages. Oh, babe. <laughs> that is unnecessary. I just gotta take it to that level. All right. So anyways, they found nothing against him. He did actually, though, get in trouble for tampering with evidence because of that blocking the FBI probe. Yeah. Unsurprising. But there was nothing. They just had nothing to hold him again, to hold right. against him. So the next suspect, and this is actually the one that's been talked about the most, like, widely. Um, his name was John Bitroff. Hmm. He was a resident of Suffolk County, and he was a um, he was a carpenter um, who was arrested for killing two prostitutes in 1993 and 1994. Okay. The police believed he probably murdered more women than uh, he was caught for. And I guess the way he murdered those two women and the Long Island serial killer murders were similar. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. So I'm going to assume he also strangled them. Yeah. Why is he like out? Grand question. Well, I mean, this was 2011. So he, that means he'd been in prison for 10 years. Jeez, though. Come on. I don't know. All right. He got off pretty easy with that one. Um, he also lived only three miles away from where some of the remains were found. Yep. Okay, strong strong connection. But again, no evidence. Yeah. So they never got to bring anything against him. Because the infallible burlap sack. That that burlap sack, though. <laughs> it's genius. Genius. Where you some think gloves would get a burlap a, sack. Yeah, like, you think of burlap sack. Like, I would not confidently think a burlap sack was not picking up all of my DNA at well, any given these moment. these are serial killers. They were gloves, babe. Even with this gloves. This is not just like a dude that's... Just like sloughing off my... Hair? Sloughing. You're no, always sloughing. I would, if I was going to kill people, I would, you know, those like, um, weird, creepy, like suits that you can wear that cover even your face. They're like latex. Yeah. The hazmat or the, the yeah, those suits. They're yes. like body skin, the skin tight ones. Yeah. Or that's, at least a painter suit. That's what I anything. would be wearing. Oh no. Done I, deal. I would even, my hair would have to be covered because yeah. my hair follicles, everything. Uh huh. That's what I would do. Yeah. And you have to wear like, I don't even know how you do shoes because what if, because that's a marshy yeah, they area. Have, they have booties. Yeah. But like. I don't want to leave like shoe prints. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be hard. Anyways, so that's what I just, I, in my eyes, it's a lot harder to get away with this than apparently it is. You would think. Right. So the next uh, person on the suspect, su- la, la, la. so the next person on the suspect list was Joseph Brewer. He was um, one, one of the last people to see Sharon Gilbert alive because he was the client that had hired her on that day. Yeah, the dude that she was running away from and yeah. screaming. Yeah. He reported she showed up and was acting erratically and then ran away. Well, the fact she ran away from her driver, though. Would make me think it wasn't him. Yeah, I, I would think she it wasn't be him as well. something. Yeah, right. But I wouldn't say it was necessarily him. Right. And, and for him to say she was already erratic, that makes sense. Because if it was him creeping her out, she would go to her driver. Right. Why would you run away from the car? Right. I also don't know why Michael Pack was never considered a suspect, but, right. you know. Anyways, yeah, there's no evidence of foul play from him. So, again, this one I enjoy. So, uh, this is Dr. Peter Hatchett. 
two days after Shannon's disappearance, this had already been on the news, they'd already been talking about it. Um, her mother, Mari Gilbert, received a phone call from Dr. Hatchett. He told her that he was taking care of Sharon. Sharon, her name is Shannon. He told her that he was taking care of Shannon and he ran a home for wayward girls. So he, she was at the home for wayward girls and he was taking care of her. Five days later, he called back denying he ever said that or ever called her at all. But uh, there's phone records that prove that he did. Right. Uh, also, the marshy area where Shannon was found was close to his home. Okay. But uh, the Gilbert family actually filed a wrongful death suit against him. But it was later revealed that Hatchet was just a pathological liar who really likes to insert himself into big events. Oh, so okay. he, it was a big deal and he wanted to be a part of it. Sure. Basically. That makes sense. So. And then he immediately regretted it and said he never did it. Like, but, oh, no, I could be charged for murder. Right. Um, he also did not run a home for wayward girls. It's like once, so once he was they, lying about that. Once they released a profile, white male, 20 to 40, he's like, oh, no. <laughs> a solid 37. Oh, gosh. This is not OK. I'm right there. Um, also, his wife and daughter were at home the night of the disappearance. So and like with him, he was there. Yeah. So they would have known. Right. Um, the very last one. This one is one that was just rumors. This one is one that people just speculated. Uh, his name was James Bissett. And there were rumors that Bissett was was the killer because he killed himself two days after Shannon's body was found. Um, <laughs> speculation also grew when they found out he owned a nursery and had access to a lot of burlap sacks. <laughs> but the police quickly shut that down, having nothing tying him to the murders, which is actually kind of sad because it's like this dude was like, I hate, like, obviously I want to end my life. And then like ghost him is looking down and like, that's not why. Don't put that on me. Yeah. I didn't do that. Anyways. So that's the whole list. And no one has ever been charged or even close to charge with anything. Um, it's also believed that there are six other murder victims that the that the police are looking into that are open cases that could be tied to him. Wow. In the Long Island area. So, yeah, that's and we got nothing like it's just. Nothing. Wow. That's it. Sucks. Killed possibly 16 people over possibly like. Well, not 19 years, but they were investigating for like 19 years. Yeah. And yet we have nothing on this guy. I think it's the police chief. We can look up the sketch. The sketch is seriously the most basic picture of a yeah, white it's guy. Just a white dude. There's ever been. Of course it's going to be. Because they have nothing. There was no witnesses. There was nothing. That's insane. I think it's the police chief. It's got to be. I don't know. People really seem to think it's that other guy. I forgot his name. The murderer dude. Yeah. That killed well, the other I, prostitutes. So it makes sense to me. The only thing that I would say is well no it does make sense especially with the two batches thing like if there's two batches of dead bodies because it would be like one was from the original kill spree and then one was like after he got out yeah the thing about the police chief thing for me though is if you saw a cop like touting a bunch of burlap bags into the like woods or whatever like you probably wouldn't ever think about it because he's just being a cop right i would think about it why, why would a cop do that? That's not a thing cops do. But what if he, like, if he had his lights on and, like, it looked like, oh, you know, like, this is a big deal or whatever. I'm just saying, versus a normal dude. I would be just as freaked out. But Anyone wearing, carrying. Would you call it in? Yes. You would call it in? Yes. Anyone carrying a burlap sack where they are, like, visibly, it's, like, visibly heavy into <laughs> the woods? Yeah, to me, that's like, hmm, you're a sketchy I'm just dude. Saying, but out of the people to get away with it. Wouldn't it be a cop? I guess I could agree with that. But no, if it was me, I'd call anybody. Fair enough. Okay. That's sketchy. But also, all you have to do is do it at 3 a.m. 
Who's out at 3 a.m.? It's Long Island. I would assume a bunch of people. I don't know. Yeah, but it, uh, no, that's not. All right. I was going to say that. Yeah, but they're probably drunk. I have no but idea that's if that's stereotype. Like, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, people that are out at three o'clock in the morning, especially like, okay. They're not paying attention. Let's say if I was going to murder p- people and put them in burlap sacks and dump their bodies, I would do it. I would dump the bodies at like 2 a.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. Because nobody's out partying on a Tuesday night. And if they are, they're not reputable people anyways, right? right. Um, that people are going to be like, yeah, that's a stand-up dude. Or it's like a homeless guy nobody's listening to. Yeah. Which they should. We should. We need to listen to those people because oh, yeah. they, they're the they ones that see stuff. some stuff. Yeah. But yeah. That's crazy. I can't believe they have nothing. It's I mean, terrifying. Why, why did they say white dude? Like, I am really wonder where they're getting that from, too. No, just. <laughs> uh, yeah. What makes them white? <laughs> just. <laughs> I don't know. Can we just like, you've already done the tw- mid 20s to the 40s. Can we just say. You know, really though. How m- man. Can you name a black serial killer? Hmm. Or a Mexican one. Or an I Asian saw one? a thing that had one. Really? Yeah. One. Yeah, I guess that's true. Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy. <laughs> like you can name them off the top of your head. It's uh, true. Hmm. Anyway. Maybe that's maybe that's it. There's going off that assumption, but like, yeah, it's gotta eh, be. there's an eighty percent chance it's a white guy. Yeah, it's like regardless of any plus or minus evidence, there's an eighty percent chance also, it's a I white guy. I wonder dude. what's the idea of like what makes it a guy from between his twenties and forties? Just because they're the one active enough to haul around some burlap sacks. I, think, I don't know. I think there's some like seventy year old dudes that oh, could yeah. put that could that could do it. And guess what? They're the ones getting away with it. There you go. Yep. I don't know. I that's it's scary. It's like. The fact that, I mean, I know we all like think about it, but the whole like my next door neighbor could be oh, yeah. a serial killer because obviously if you work hard enough, if you pay hard enough attention and you make sure there's no evidence, like you can get away with stuff like that. Yep. All right. It's crazy. It's nuts. Um, so happy to darken your day a little bit. And this has been another episode of Skeptical Skeptics. We appreciate all your support. And uh, everything we are about to crest a thousand downloads, which is really cool. And we have spiked a lot since the new year. So appreciate you guys um, like sharing and doing whatever it is you're doing to get the word out there. Please continue to do that, Um, especially with people, you know, with the new year being here, like a lot of people are trying to pick up new hobbies and stuff like that. So um, if you know anyone who's trying to get into podcasts and like some weird stuff, make sure to put us out there. Um, especially because we are so tired with our newborn that we are not promoting ourselves very much at all ever. So also, I was going to say that anymore. Like, give us a hot minute. I promise we'll go back to normal life. We will. We'll be getting back to like putting stuff out at the same time, posting things more regularly. We're just really, really tired. Yeah. And it, it's just something that totally slips our mind. It's the first thing probably to slip our mind. So, but we do still love your interaction. Like when we do happen to put something out there and we always reliably have like, you know, a few comments and, and a good conversation. So keep that up. We definitely want to foster that. We're sorry, but we will get it back up. Um, we've built a fun little community. So uh, just do your best to help us grow it and um, keep participating. And yeah, uh, if you guys have anything, uh, reach out to us on the Facebook page or Twitter or leave us a review. Uh, we we have gotten qu- a couple more five star reviews that we really appreciate on um, four star review that had really good um, like ideas in it. So like just keep those coming. They really make our week um, and hopefully we can keep rolling without any bad reviews. That's been fun. So, um, yeah, we really appreciate it. And thank you guys so much. Bye. Also, I just wanted to throw in there, uh, Mark. 
P37 on iTunes and Thanks and Giggum also on iTunes. Thank you guys so much for your reviews. And if and when we make swag uh, like shirts or hats or whatever, stickers, uh, we'll make sure to send them to you. So please reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. and Let us know who you are. Um, thank you for the review. And we'd like to get you something uh, whenever we make something. So, uh, again, really appreciate you and uh, your kind words. Thank you. Whoa.